Hi guys, welcome to season three, episode two, why we've bought into the lie. I'm talking about the lie when it comes to real food. We have been convinced over the decades that real food is complicated and hard and not worth the effort. And processed food, AKA a meal out of a box, is better because it's convenient and it's easy. Let's take a few minutes right now, today, to break down all the problems with this lie. I'm Michelle Visser, author of Sweet Maple and creator of the blog and YouTube channel Solely Rested, because sometimes the only rest you can find is in your soul. Welcome back to the Simple Doesn't Mean Easy podcast, where we talk about how to simplify our lives in the midst of modern day life, one step at a time. Let's do this together. First of all, before I dive in, I really want to make something clear. I absolutely eat food out of a box. I'm thankful to be able to say I do it less frequently than I did two years ago. And I do it a whole lot less frequently than I did a decade ago. I have definitely seen improvement over the years in the choices that I make with what I eat and what I feed my family and how I spend my time to be able to reserve time for the important thing of making food. Um, But I don't want to ever make anyone think I, I don't eat potato chips and I don't ever make mac and cheese from a box because I do, and I do. Um, I, don't, I don't want to ever portray this image that we well, have to always make all your own bread and you have to get raw milk from a local farmer or have a cow and you have to only pasture-raised meat. I, I don't ever want to give that image because it's almost impossible to completely 100% be self-sufficient with every bite of your food. That's number one. Number two, um, like there's no reason that you have to be. We, we have so many choices. You can absolutely, when it's an evening that you're going to eat, you know, junky meal, you can make sure either it's, you know, not as junky as other options. Like you can educate yourself about those ingredients and about the company who makes the food, right? And you can make a better choice when it comes to your prepackaged food. Um, And second of all, you can figure out a way to very slowly eliminate some of it, like the really bad stuff. Or, you know, the really bad stuff that you never want to let go. Like I, I probably shouldn't say this, I really like Coke Zero. I don't know the last time that I had one, but I guarantee you I will have one like in the next few months, probably. Like I don't totally deny myself ever having that really crappy, bad for me, artificial sugar soda. I I just don't do that because I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm the kind of person that if I totally deny myself at some point, I'm probably gonna crack and I'm probably gonna just not only give in, but decide forevermore, you know, since I made that quote unquote mistake and I gave in and I drank that Coke Zero, 
that's it. I'm just never going to worry about drinking healthy again. I'm just going to have Coke Zero every day. <laughs> I'm just, I'm a weird kind of personality like that, that if I feel like I have completely failed myself, I might become um, negligent to ever think that I can correct that big mistake I made. I don't know. Maybe that all sounds totally stupid and maybe you have no idea what I'm talking about. So maybe just forget what I just said. But my only real point was none of us are completely eating the best food with every bite that we take and that's okay. And if all you're doing is every single year finding one thing about your kitchen or your pantry that you can tweak and make a little bit better, then you are showing improvement and your family is eating better and that is fantastic. So I hope that makes sense, what I'm trying to say. Um, so why do we buy into this lie though? I mean, we, as a society, we seem to feel very strongly that if food is not fast, it's just not gonna happen. And there's so many things that I could delve into here that I'm not even gonna try to crack the surface on because I do wanna keep this to a reasonable length podcast and it's, it's irrelevant, some of those other things that I could bring in. But mainly what I wanna explain is I think it's gotten gradually worse as the decades have progressed um, because it's this, uh, how do I want to say it? It's just this, it's a, it's a ball that once it starts rolling, it just keeps increasing and the circumference just keeps getting larger and larger, um, like a giant snowball going downhill. Right. And it all started when the first company realized, wait, there's money to be made here. If we can convince I'm going to focus on women in the next few sentences because when this started with marketers, they were absolutely always marketing to women because it was the women who were making the meals. And they figured if we can convince women that now that they're working outside of the home, that they need convenience food, we could make a lot of money. And it became a competition with companies from one to the next of which one could convince the woman faster and better that if you add this to your pantry, your life is going to be so much easier. And it became all about, when we talked about food, it became all about fast, convenient, and nobody cared for many decades to really stop and think about the nutrition. I think that's partially because it was so gradual. And we just added a few little things, you know, oh, there's this thing called Crisco. That'll make cooking easier. And wait, I could use this, this packaged mix of powder and pour it over some milk and some dried noodles. Oh, that would be so much easier than, you know, cutting up cheese, right? <laughs> like just little things, little things at a time that didn't really make a huge impact in the family's health because it was just one little thing. But also the families weren't really thinking about the nutritional side of their food and what they were putting on their table because, I mean, they really hadn't had to think about nutrition at all up until that point. Okay. Let's, for instance, my mom and father 
Why did I say mom and father? That's funny. My mother and father, or my mom and dad, um, both grew up on rural farms. They both worked very hard with all of their many siblings to make sure they had enough food to get through the winter year after year. And like the nutritional quality of food wasn't something that was ever thought of for, for two reasons. One, they didn't have a choice. Like if, if all you had was potatoes and maybe some rice and whatever to make some meals out of, maybe you had some pumpkins left over still come March, then that's what your meals were, right? You were definitely um, insufficient in certain vitamins and minerals, but it's what you had. Also, you didn't really think about nutrition because it was all real food. Like, it's all good. And as long as you have variety, so, you know, come May, you're going to be eating things other than pumpkins and potatoes for sure, and you're going to have a lot of variety coming in and stocking your pantry with it, then it's good stuff. There's nutrition in all of it because it's real, right? It's not processed. Um, so that's the life they had always lived. Then when they moved to suburbia and my mom was working full time, unlike her mom, who her sole role was to care for the garden and the chickens and the cows and to put meals on the table. Like that was, that was what her mom's life was all about. And now when my mom had moved to suburbia, had a full-time job, so definitely had a whole lot less time on her hands, and started hearing every year about new conveniences that were available to her, um, of course, why would she not choose that, right? And, and thirdly, because it's, it's fancy, it's new. Who doesn't want the new fancy thing? I mean, all of us, right? I mean, how many things today in our society are new things not necessarily even food. I'm just thinking about all kinds of electronics and options we have of how to spend our time that are the most attractive thing to us. But we're going to realize if we haven't already that they are not what's good for us or the best choice. I mean, it was the same way back in the sixties with food and what women were choosing to stock their pantry shelves with. So marketers realized that they could sell a meal in a box and they could sell health from a pill box. Um, and it, it was effective. They were making lots of money and selling lots of products. And in the end, what they were really doing was robbing the American family. They were robbing the family of the joy in those moments that my mom and my dad both had experienced when their mom was in the kitchen, you know, my dad would say that it was pretty much every other day his mom, my grandma, would make bread. And he, that's like one of his biggest memories of his mom is her with flour and sticky dough on her hands and standing there in the kitchen, wiping her flour on her apron and talking about all kinds of things. And my dad has memories of like he felt it was his responsibility to always keep checking the flower bin and maybe weekly or so he'd always just go peek in the flower bin to make sure there was plenty of flour because he 
He knew how much his mom needed it for making the bread, and he always wanted to stay on top of, Mom, I'm worried the flour's getting low. Um, but, like, there were all these moments that made up the fabric of his memories that his children no longer had. I never saw my mom make bread. I don't know. I mean, I was going to say I don't think she ever did, but I'm sure she did. I'm sure she helped her mom make it when she was younger. She definitely never made bread when I, you know, can remember. And that that's a joy that I was robbed of. Like that amazing smell of the bread in the oven, the amazing just knowledge that this is something my mom does to provide for us that we have with her meals that taste so delicious. Like I, I didn't have that. Um, and, and the pride that the marketers robbed the American families of the pride when the meal was all done, the table was set and everything looks so good or all those other things too. I mean, like I said, with they, they convinced us that we could have health by buying certain pills. They robbed us of the knowledge that, you know what, <clears throat> I mean, we've definitely, we've come a long way, right, from now since the 60s and 70s, and we realize what we were missing out on and losing back then, but they still, they, they've robbed us of the joy of like realizing, oh, I need to make sure I am getting really good daily exercise and I am moving my body, I'm walking the dog or whatever it is, you know, walking down the street and back. Um, and, and I want to make sure I get dirty in the garden whenever I can, because I, I know those microbes in the dirt that are really good for me. Like those kind of things were not really thought about many decades ago because there were other better, new, fancy solutions to our health and to the ease of putting dinner on the table. But I am convinced, even though the marketers were really sneaky and little by little, we as a nation really did fall for this idea of convenience food and how it was better. Um, I am convinced that through it all, there were parts of everyone that realized there's something being lost, something being like missed out on. Um, I, I realized this when I came across this picture of me recently. It was me circa 1978, and I'm standing in my grandmother's old farmhouse with this lovely geometric like 1930 wallpaper behind me <laughs> and I'm and I'm behind a wood stove that's a cook stove and it is like my fondest memory of going to my grandmother's farmhouse that old stove I'm so glad I still have that picture but when I pulled it out I was looking, well, first of all, I was just awestruck with my amazing fashion statement of my light blue, like a baby blue velour hooded sweatshirt. I mean, I still remember that sweatshirt. It was my favorite. So I'm just saying that, you know, but if you want to see the picture, actually, I'll put a link in the show notes because I know you guys, y'all want to see my 10 year old fashion velour statement now, right? Um, but I do share this picture in an article on my blog, and I'll share a link to that in the show notes. So anyway, I remember when mom took that picture, and I remember her telling me, go stand over there. And I remember thinking, why is she doing that? What the heck is she getting a picture of? Like, there's nothing special here. And remember, this was back in the day of 24 pictures per roll. Like, it was very... You only took pictures of things you really cared about, right? You didn't flash 
18 pictures of one pose because you could, because it was digital. Um, so it was just a really odd thing to me. The why on earth would you take a picture of this stove where you guys like, you know, you, you cook your food and why do you want me standing behind it? Um, but as I came across this picture and started thinking about it, I realized mom knew, you know, even then before it was really obvious of all the things our current generation is missing out on from the previous generation, she realized it was a different way of life and it was quickly fading. And she, I mean, of course she knew there weren't too many cook stoves around that people were using that were uh, fired by wood. And she didn't want to forget, right? That that's the way she grew up cooking. Um, we were there in the old farmhouse because it was Thanksgiving week. And I just remember so vividly my Uncle Roger's Bronco, this old Bronco, that the adults would pile in in their hunting gear with the orange hats and the camo hunting jackets. And, and um, they would squeeze in and they'd spend the day off deer hunting because it was deer season and that is the way we spent Thanksgiving week. And then every evening we would all sit around the wood stove and we'd listen to their stories of their escapades that day and we'd sing songs and my dad would strum his guitar and then we would sometimes play cards for the rest of the evening. And that's the way every evening was spent. Unless of course they were successful with their deer hunting. Then we would spend the evening in my Uncle Roger's cement block basement where the deer would be skinned and cut expertly by the men who knew the cuts of the deer. Right? They learned them in their youth and they knew how to do them well. And the meat would be sliced, chopped, and ground, and wrapped. Of course, I do know, I should say, it did have to hang there for a certain number of days. But when it was time, they would, they would do all this. And it would, we'd spend all evening that way. Every able-bodied person would be manning a station, right? At one of many tables that were set up all across the concrete floor. It was cold, it was bloody, it was smelly. But you know what? It was one of the most beloved ways that I ever spent an evening in my childhood. And I sincerely mean that. I liked the camaraderie. I liked that we were all standing elbow to elbow and my cousins were all there. We were wrapping and taping and all of us young ones, we got to label the meat. And I liked watching my Aunt Sandy mix up and grind all the, we don't know what it is meat, you know, and make it into scrapple. Like it was all just magical to me. And we were all together working towards this common goal. I never even thought about it being laborious or time consuming. I never thought about it being tiring, like so much work to put away some meat in the freezer to feed all of our families a few meals throughout the winter. Just like I didn't know why mom wanted to take that picture of me behind the wood burning kitchen stove, right? I didn't know that what I was a part of was a dying way of life. Thankfully, we have started to come full circle and we have realized what we're missing and it is becoming something people are more interested in, especially after last year when we realized our food supply was not something we could ever rely on, right? So I'm so, so excited and happy to know that this dying way of life maybe isn't gonna totally die out. We are, we are realizing that it's valuable and we need to 
to know how to do this, right? How to take control of our food supply whenever possible. So now in my adult life, something that has been brand new to me that I never knew before that I have realized brings a family such joy and like actual genuine sweetness is sugar making. And in my book, which I read from a little bit last ep- yeah, last episode, I thought, you know what, there's some more in here that I'm going to share with you this episode relating to what we're talking about. So let me find what I wanted to read. I'm actually going to stop right here and interrupt this episode for just a second to tell you I'm really excited. This episode is sponsored by Raw Paws. I have been using their special functional dog treats for years and Bixby absolutely loves them. He doesn't even know that they're actually medicinal for him and helping his bad hip improve because of the glycosamine in them and a few other ingredients. Um, So we'll talk more about that in a future episode that we're just going to focus on actually food for our animals and what we can do to improve it. So I look forward to that episode. But I was so excited to have this opportunity to tell you about Raw Paws because I've actually been telling you guys about them for years over on my Instagram. And I have a page solelyrested.com slash dog that I share all kinds of things that I love for dog care, dog treats, dog training, Um, things that Bixby has shown me over the years are really great products that I think every dog owner should have. It's all there at solelyrested.com slash dog. And a lot of those things are from this amazing company, Raw Paws. You will see the links and you will also see a coupon code there. If you use the coupon code RESTED15, you can get 15% off for a limited time, anything at all that you would like. So please go check out Raw Paws and tell them I sent you. Okay, so I'm going to read just a page out of Sweet Maple that I think gives a little more insight into this idea. Homesteading, I've decided, is a rather personal thing. We'll all define it a little differently. To me, homesteading is living a bit more simply, working a whole lot harder, and trying to do things just a little more like my parents did. Both my mom and dad were raised on rural farms in or near the West Virginia panhandle in the 1940s. Crazy enough, They were both one of 10 kids, and until I was in middle school, this is a true story, I assumed everyone's parents were one of 10 farm kids. I grew up hearing little stories about their simple lives that were huge, life-changing, poignant for me. But their tales meant so much more to me once I started living this homesteading life myself just a few years ago. Through raising animals for meat, gathering daily eggs, and canning our harvest, I connected to mom and dad and my past in ways I never had before. I am so thankful I could enjoy that connection before they passed away. It's a connection I will cherish as the years widen. And it's so true. It really is. Just... I think some of the wonderful joy of real food 
is connecting to our past. I, I'm not kidding. Like, I, I love history, so I'm also a romantic sap, so, you know, I get it if you're rolling your eyes at me. But even if you don't have a situation like I do, where suddenly now I was doing things that, oh, this is how my, my mom did this when she was growing up. And this is what my dad's mom, like, taught him how to do X, Y, or Z to can beans or to make bread or, you know, whatever it was. It's like, I've, I heard their stories and I knew, oh yeah, they did that. But then to actually experience it and realize what it's like and to enjoy the amazing outcome of that real food, it, it grounds me and it connects me to my personal history like nothing else could do. But even if you don't have that, like if your parents were city folks and you didn't know your grandparents or your great grandparents, or maybe it goes back three generations before there were actually farmers in your history, it's still, it's just a fact. Like we know this is the way food was done for thousands and thousands of years. And to start experiencing it connects you to that history like nothing else would. And all of our days, I mean, let's face it, they're kind of based around food. And to ground ourselves like that in real food, historically the way it would have been enjoyed, it's just a neat experience. I'm kind of at a loss for words, um, which is unusual for me. But it gets me excited. It really does. Every time I add just one more tiny little thing to my repertoire and it makes me feel more me, if that makes sense. Like, I feel like this is more who I was meant to be, who I'm intended to be. And it gives me such joy to see my family, like truly enjoying this crazy new skill I just learned, whether it's making yogurt or making cheese or, you know, making butter or bread, whatever it is, like it's a really good feeling guys. It's, it's totally different than taking a meal out of a box, adding some boiling hot water. And sure, my family might love that too, but it's just different. The satisfaction, the pride. Now I should also say I have messed up all of the above and I have wasted so much time. I feel like, and I waste ingredients and I get so upset. But once I overcome that, and I figure out what was holding me back and I get it right. The pride is like through the roof in a good way. Not like, Oh, look what I did, but just, wow, I can actually do this. Right. It's crazy. So I'm really excited actually to be surrounded by like minds just next week. I don't know when this episode is going to actually be published. So it might be next week when you're hearing this. Um, but right now it is actually October 1st and I am starting to pack my bags and be prepared for my presentation at Homesteaders of America. I'm not actually talking on food. I'm actually talking about homeschooling, which is another topic that I get really passionate about. So I'm excited about that too. In fact, when I did a survey over on Instagram, I was really shocked at the results from my followers that it was almost neck and neck. The topic of this season, real food came in number one of what topic you all wanted me to cover next in the podcast. 
but right below it by a small margin was homeschooling. And I was just kind of shocked because I really don't talk a lot about homeschooling. In fact, I didn't even realize a lot of you guys even knew that I was a homeschool mom, but I was for 20 years and it is absolutely a passion. So I'm excited to go to Homesteaders of America and do a presentation on how to homeschool kids who will change the world. And I'm excited about being surrounded by other like-minded people. That's like the best part of Homesteaders of America, I think. And so anyway, if, if this does air before next weekend, I really should know if it's going to, I think it will. Um, and you're hearing this and you're going to be there, please search me out, find me and say hi, because I would absolutely love to see um, your face and to get to meet you all. So I'm also excited because I think I mentioned when I was reading that my family is from that area. So I've already set up times that I'm going to stop in and see a lot of relatives and I'm just, I'm really excited because it's getting me back to my mom's farm, back to the roots that I love, as well as getting me to Homesteaders of America and meeting you guys. So, okay. I think that that covers what I wanted to really talk about with how it's all a lie. Food does not have to be quick and convenient. And also another part of the lie is that real food, which I guess I haven't covered anything because I didn't get into this. <laughs> real food can actually be quick and convenient, guys. It actually can be. There's all kinds of tips and tricks of ways to make real food simpler and easier and a part of your life without it being too stressful. So stick with me this season. We'll talk more about that too. So that's it for today's episode. Definitely go check out solelyrested.com slash coupons because I just added something in there that I think you're gonna love if you really are serious about preserving your food. Um, so anyway, anytime, that I'm always keeping that updated. So go to solelyrested.com slash coupons for any specials and offers that I want you guys to know about that are gonna help you on a daily basis, I hope, live a slightly more simple life. And I hope everything's fantastic in the neck of the woods.